Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Thank you to Bet Online for sponsoring this week's episode. Our partners, Bet Online, continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball and the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our, reco- our promo code BLEAVE to get the bonus and get into action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, beautiful people. I just want to make a little trigger warning for this week's episode. Um, We will be talking about eating disorders, disordered eating, and um, eating habits. So if you guys um, feel triggered or don't like listening to those things, it is completely okay. I completely understand. Um, If you need help, reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram at beyondthebowpodcast. Or reach out to the Alliance for Eating Disorders for help. Love y'all. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the On the Bow podcast. Today, we have a very special episode with a special guest, one of my best friends, Kylie, who cheers with me on the NC State cheerleading team. Hello, I'm Kylie, and I'm currently studying nutrition, and that's kind of what we're here to talk to you guys about today. Yes. Very excited. Me and Kylie bonded over nutrition and a bunch of stuff around that and fitness and health. So that's what we're going to talk to you guys about today. So we asked you guys on the Beyond the Bow Instagram some questions if you had any questions about fitness and health. And um, one of the first questions was, how do you push yourself even on your hardest days? Okay, so Kylie's going to answer this one first. So one big thing is that on our hardest days, we just know that we have to fuel ourselves properly because if we don't, it's going to be really difficult for us to make it through the day successfully. So that just looks like making sure we're eating consistently throughout the day and taking care of ourselves consistently throughout the day as well. Yes, I agree. And when I know that I'm going to have a tough practice or even like a tough week with studying and just doing all the things that I have to do, I make sure that... I make it a priority to fuel my body in the right ways so that I can enjoy every single thing and be able to have the energy to be able to do all the things that I have to do. Yeah, kind of speaking of what Camille was saying about when you're studying really hard is that your brain needs so much more energy than you would ever even imagine. And all of that energy kind of comes from carbs or glucose, which is our brain's main source of energy. So we really focus on getting enough carbs in our day and those really super hard days of studying just to make sure that we're able to focus and yeah just do our best in our schoolwork yes y'all listen to kylie she knows what she's talking about okay so for our next question we got is how often do y'all practice and kylie's going to answer this one too so we practice about three days a week for three hours each time and then we also have games or like appearances throughout the other days of the week So during these days, it's really important for us to remember to fuel ourselves every day. But on those days that we practice, maybe throw in an extra snack or an extra meal just to ensure we're getting 
the proper nutrition that we need in order to get through like a whole three hour practice or a game. So we just really focus on fueling ourselves every day and then maybe adding a little extra to those days where we have to push ourselves a little harder. Yes, I agree. We do practice a lot and the practices aren't just mostly standing around. Sometimes we do, but there are a lot of physical activity, a lot of things going on, and you have to be focused the entire time. And it's super hard to like stay continuously focused because like we've had school all day or we've been working all day and there's just so much that goes into be a collegiate athlete so you have to make sure that fueling your body you keep it as a priority because that's the only way that you could be successful in doing every single thing yes I completely agree it's just important even on those days off where you're not doing as much your body still needs energy just to breathe or for your organs to function or for your brain to function and focus you need fuel and energy for everything you do on a day-to-day basis like your body is always constantly working as long as you're awake and even while you're sleeping your body is doing so much for you to just stay alive so the bare minimum you really need to continue to fill your body just for all of that to continue functioning yes I agree like even your heart it needs energy to beat so making sure that you're filling your heart is and your brain one of the biggest things that you need to do yes I completely agree you just People don't realize that, well, so our body's main source of energy is carbohydrates or glucose, which is from carbohydrates. Our bodies break down the carbs into glucose. And a lot of times, like the media, for example, will tell us that carbohydrates are bad when in reality, they're our body's main and preferred source of energy. And therefore, we need carbs for our body to do anything. I mean, we need all macronutrients. If you think about it, there's only three, protein, carbohydrates, and fat. So if there's only three, they must all be extremely important for our day-to-day lives and for our bodies to function. Yes, I love that. Okay, so the next question we got was, what do you recommend for a pre-practice meal? And usually I've talked to the dietitians that work with us, work with collegiate athletes, mostly the cheerleading team, and um, what they told me to consume is fast-acting carbohydrates, like usually I'll do like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or like um like uh, some cereal and some yogurt, something like that, or granola, things like that. But here's Kylie's view. Honestly, yeah, I completely agree with Camille. Quick acting carbohydrates. A lot of times apples, bananas will give you energy quick. Um, another thing is sometimes we'll just have like a bag of candy sitting around at practice. Mm-hmm. And if anyone just like needs a little quick pick-me-up, we'll take a few pieces of candy. It'll hit the spot and we'll be able to go right back into doing what we were doing beforehand. Yes, we keep Sour Patch Kids on deck. Always. Always, always. <laughs> the strawberry ones, yes. 10 out of 10 recommend the Strawberry Sour Patch Kids. They are amazing. So good. So the next question we got was... So the next question we got was, have y'all ever struggled with body image as a collegiate athlete? And Kylie's going to go first on this one. So yes, I have. I actually struggled with an eating disorder for a pretty good amount of time. And there was a time where I lost myself. I thought all that mattered was food or a number on a scale. When in reality, there's so much more to life. And I really wish I would have known that then. And as scary as it can be to reach out for help, that's exactly what I did. And here I am a lot later, kind of on the other side of things now, excited to help people because I know how difficult it can be. But definitely recommend reaching out for help. But yes, I have definitely been there and it's rough. Like I know it's rough, but it's possible to be on the other side of things so yeah that's just kind of my personal experience I have been there and yeah 
And for me, I agree. I have gone through this, a similar experience with an eating disorder and have been through somewhat of a recovery. And I just want to say being a collegiate athlete is hard. It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, but one of the most enjoyable things that's ever happened to me. And I'm so, so grateful for the experiences that I've had. And I'm also grateful for going through eating disorder recovery because it's taught me so much about myself. It's taught me how strong I am and it's taught me so much about diet culture and how much it's affected our society and especially cheerleading. Like that's one of the biggest things in cheerleading is, you know, being a specific size for your position, which I think is one of the craziest things that there ever is because I think that the only thing that's important in cheerleading is to be strong and to be happy and to be healthy and to enjoy the sport that you have been blessed with and the talent that you've been blessed with. And the only way to really do that is to fuel your body correctly and just enjoy every single part of doing that. Yeah, I completely agree with Camille that fueling your body is the only way to really accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. And just a little shout out to Camille, like, having her as one of my best friends I've learned so much from her just watching her like grow in life in general she's one of the most amazing people I know and I've seen her just come so far so yeah definitely watching her go through all of that has been really inspiring and she's really inspired me a lot and helped me a lot in my recovery personally so I'm really thankful for her but I just think eating disorders are one of those things that aren't talked about enough and so many people go through it and are scared to speak up. So by having these types of hard conversations, we need to normalize the topic more and people need to be more comfortable speaking up about it because obviously it's super hard to open up about and I wish it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully by having these conversations, we can make it more comfortable for people to open up about their own experiences with an eating disorder. Yes, Kylie. Oh, my heart. I agree with that. And Kylie was one of the first persons that I kind of opened up to besides like my doctors and my dietitians and things like that. She was one of like the friends that I opened up to and the fact that she was struggling with it too kind of really opened my eyes to make me think like wow I'm actually not the only one that's struggled with this that thinks food is like an enemy and I'm not actually crazy. So honestly if you're ever struggling really do not hesitate to reach out because seriously, it's a real illness. Like, it's real. It happens, especially in the cheer community, but not only in the cheer community. It happens with basically everyone these days. And it just hurts my heart. And I know it hurts Kylie's hearts too because we've talked about it multiple times. And I just want you guys to know that we're here for you. And if you have any questions about anything that has anything to do with eating disorders, nutrition, Kylie and I are here for you. Yes, absolutely. Always here to talk about it. It's something that needs to be talked about and brought up more in our society in general because it's not brought up enough and people are often scared to reach out for help. I mean, I know I was terrified to reach out for help at one point, so I totally get it. I've been there. It, it's rough. Yes. Okay, I love that question. Um, the next question is, how do you feel about diet culture in society today and on social media? And Kylie's going to answer this first. Okay, honestly, don't even get me started. Like, <laughs> this gets me so heated because diet culture is so prevalent on social media and nothing's ever done about it. So on TikTok, I don't know, everybody can probably relate to this. I'm sure everyone's seen a What I Eat in a Day video. 
a full day of eating of somebody who definitely isn't feeling their body properly mm-hmm. and probably shouldn't be posting that on the internet. So personally, I like to report these videos because I don't want people like my younger siblings or my younger cousins or just anyone in general to be seeing these. And every time I try and report them, TikTok tells me there's not a problem with them. TikTok's like, we didn't find anything wrong with your video, so we'll keep it up. So I think that's a problem in itself, that social media sites aren't doing enough mm-hmm. to get rid of these diet culture, eating disorder promotion videos. Yes. But just in general, I think it's such, like, there's such a diet culture prevalence on social media. And it's honestly really sad. And I know that the people who are posting it probably don't have the worst intentions because they're probably mm-hmm. not doing, not in the greatest headspace themselves. Mm-hmm. So they might think they're helping somebody, but in reality... Like, those videos can be so harmful to people, and I think social media sites need to take a step up and do more about them, because it's really harmful to a lot of people, and I mean, I don't enjoy seeing them. I don't mm-hmm. really think anyone wants to see a eating disorder promotion video on TikTok mm-hmm. on a daily basis without asking to. It just pops up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone likes that, but I think there's way too much of a prevalence of it, and something needs to be done about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree a thousand percent, and the fact that it's just normalized like people will like it people will comment and be like oh wow that looks so good like no no it doesn't look good when you're just eating like a piece of toast like that's nothing you can't like that's not something to advertise that's not something to be proud of and and it just sucks that people think it's okay to do that because it's like they just don't understand that that's not okay and I've been there like I've done that I used to post what I eat in a day videos like I am one of those people and and that and I posted it when I was in the depths of my eating disorder and I thought that it was healthy like I thought it was perfectly fine to do that because I saw other people posting the exact same things and they were so-called healthy but in reality it's so different how each like individual person eats like someone could be the exact same size as you exact same height exact same weight it doesn't even matter and they can eat completely different than you like you never know it's what you need to listen to your own body and that's the only important thing that you need to realize yes I completely agree and like you said it's so normalized on social media that a lot of times people don't even see a problem with it which in my opinion is personally extremely concerning Mm -hmm. because I don't know like I did a research project once, like, 16 to 24 years old is, like, the average age of TikTok. Obviously, there's younger. Obviously, there's also older. But that's a very impressionable age group. And they're going to see videos like this and be like, cool, I want to lose a few pounds. I'm going to do this. And then next thing they know, they're, like, super unhealthy, like, physically, mentally, struggling Mm -hmm. a lot. And I just think it's concerning how normalized it is in our culture. And I wish there was a way to fight back against that culture. Like, there obviously is, but I wish Mm -hmm. there was, like a way to just make it disappear completely but like obviously we can't just wake up and it'll be gone like it doesn't work like that as much as we wish it would yes i agree and this reminds me of the kim kardashian oh (laughs) my gosh don't even get me started (laughs) where she did the uh where she had to lose weight to fit into the marilyn monroe dress and i saw so much hate about that but what just really got me is the fact that she didn't realize posting that was going to affect so many people like she would have never thought that and that just kind of opened my eyes to think like so many people post things like that and they never even think that it's gonna trigger someone or just affect the way someone thinks about themselves or how they eat and that's like one of the hardest things about social media is like you just never know what you post and how it affects like how it's gonna affect someone 
Yeah, and with that being said, like, Kim Kardashian, she has to know that she has such a yeah. wide range audience of, like, ages, like, ranging from, like, I don't know, probably 10 years old to, yeah. like, I don't, I don't even know, like, 80. <laughs> I'm just, Like, everyone watches the Kardashians. Yeah. Everyone knows who they are. And I'm sure, like, everyone knew she did that crash dieting and was not prom- necessarily promoting it, but not necessarily making it seem like a bad... She was making it seem okay, mm-hmm. which it's obviously not, and it's very dangerous on the body and the brain, physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that she was posting about that, like, it was really no big deal, is really concerning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next question was, do you guys take any supplements? Here's Personally, no. I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of supplements, honestly. I just feel like, I mean, unless you're deficient in something, mm-hmm. like, obviously supplement for it. Take iron, take D3 if you have to. Like, if your body needs it, you need to be taking it. Mm-hmm. But, like, for example, athletic greens and stuff like that, I'm not a fan of. I don't know. Personally, I've done a lot of research on athletic greens. I'm a nutrition major. Like, I've studied them a lot. And all I've really found out about them is that they're not super helpful unless you literally don't get any veggies in your diet from anything else. And, like, yeah, people will claim that they, quote-unquote, de-bloat you. And maybe the only reason is because you're mixing it with water, and water Mm -hmm. naturally does that itself. So it's the water, not the actual greens. But personally, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of supplements. Like, sometimes I'll put protein powder in a smoothie because I do follow mostly a vegan diet, so therefore Mm -hmm. that helps me get a little more protein in. But other than that, I, I'm really not a fan of supplements. I feel like you can get everything naturally that your body needs. Yes, I agree. And I'm my minor's nutrition, which is another reason why Kylie and I are, like, really good friends. We just <laughs> bond over stuff like that. But um, the amount of times I have read stuff about supplements and how, like, the FDA doesn't regulate supplements and how basically, y'all, like, anyone can make a supplement. Like, I could make a supplement. I could make a random thing up and just put it on the market and say, like, this helps you de-blow and it can be sold in a store, which was really scary. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's so scary. (laughs) One of my papers this semester actually was about the FDA and supplements. (laughs) So I've done a lot of research on that. I had to have, like, a bunch of sources. But um, basically, they won't recall something a lot of the times until there's a medical or health problem associated with it. So supplements can make fake claims or false claims and kind of say whatever they want to say. And until there's a problem with it, nothing will be done. It's really a lot easier than anyone could imagine to get a supplement approved to be in the market. Yes, I agree. So if you ever do think about taking a supplement, I would contact your doctor, contact a dietitian, a nutritionist, anybody. Like, I'm sure anyone could help you with that. Just make sure you contact them because it can do, like, more hurt than help in a way. Okay, so this question is for Kylie, and it's, what made you decide to become a nutrition major? Ooh, I love this question. Okay, this is a really good question. So I kind of grew up doing cheerleading and gymnastics, and I feel like from a young age, coaches would always make comments about Mm -hmm. nutrition or food or what you eat, which obviously wasn't always super helpful, Mm -hmm. or like, obviously not helpful at all, honestly, probably more hurtful than anything, but from a young age, coaches would talk about nutrition, or you'd hear about nutrition, So then in high school, I took a foods class, and the teacher focused a lot on nutrition. I don't think he was super certified to be teaching nutrition, because I definitely think it was taught in a toxic way. But then after that class, I got really interested in it, and then later down the line, I struggled with an eating disorder myself, and after going through treatment and all of that, I was like, I really want to help people who are also struggling with this, because I know how hard and difficult Mm -hmm. it is. And I just wanted people to talk about it and, like, know what I'm talking about and be educated on the topic. 
So just kind of my personal experiences plus seeing the experiences of people in the world around me mm-hmm. and my interest for it just kind of all together made me want to be a dietitian when I'm older. So that's what I'm working towards right now. But yeah. Oh, Kylie. And that's just, oh, that makes me so happy because, thank you. because <laughs> Kylie and I, are, we're going to change the world, y'all. Like, just wait. Just oh, yeah. wait because we have such similar goals and values and like, changing the way nutrition is taught and changing the way nutrition is viewed and diet culture is viewed. Like, we want to change it so badly because, especially in the cheer industry, like, there's just so much that needs to be talked about, needs to be normalized, and especially in eating disorder, like, it's just so unnormalized right now, and we just want to be there for everyone and be able to help people out and make it something that's not like an, oh, wait. And we want to make eating disorders seem like not something that you should hide. It's something that you should come out and say and and realize that there's so many people there to support you and help you if you ever do have any problems with eating or develop an eating disorder. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's definitely something that as a society we're more quiet about. And people will just kind of post like normalize or glamorize. They'll post a lot of videos glamorizing eating disorders and people often don't really say anything. They're just like, okay, like, scroll, move on. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we need to be like, this is like, this is a problem. We need to be getting help for it, not posting videos, kind of glamorizing it. Because mm-hmm. it's definitely like, I mean, it hurts your body physically. It hurts you mentally. Mm-hmm. It causes a lot of, I mean, a lot of things. Like, it's just really mentally draining and physically draining. Mm-hmm. And it's just something we need to be more comfortable as a society talking about and reaching out for help for. Yes okay next question is how do you talk to someone that you think is struggling with disordered eating or having troubles with eating and personally I think the best way to go about it is just asking questions not too many questions because it could it could hurt them in a way And it's a really touchy subject to some people. And I think when I was struggling with my eating disorder, the the worst way that some of my friends kind of showed their concerns was just like telling me how much weight I lost or, or just telling me how sick I looked or how bad I was or how just different I was. And and that really hurt me because I didn't understand what was happening. And obviously it made me con- kind of concerned for myself. And in a way it sort of did push me to get help. But I think if you know the correct way to go about it, then it could possibly help a lot more. Because I don't think I would have maybe struggled as much if people didn't constantly talk about my weight or talk about how I looked. And I know it's really hard to to just, like, even when you compliment someone and be like, oh, my gosh, like, you look so fit and you look so good. But it's it's just, it's hard to know how that's going to get to someone. Because, obviously, I'm going to say thank you. Like, I really appreciate that. But deep inside, like, that just keeps fueling me to, like, lose weight or keeps fueling me to just undereat. And it, it's just such a hard thing thing to talk about in a way you I just think that a lot more people need to be sort of trained to talk about it here's Kylie 
Yes, I completely agree with everything you just said, first of all. Um, I think it's really important to approach the situation from a place of compassion and understanding. Mm -hmm. And like you said a lot, mentioning anything about appearance, first of all, it's not helpful. Like mm -hmm. The person struggling knows, and they know mm -hmm. things have changed. They know things are different deep down. I mean, for me, I, I was in a place of denial, but like deep down, I knew what was going on. And commenting on that just fuels the eating disorder like mm -hmm. saying you've lost x amount of weight or you look so good which i've had people say to me in my worst time it's just like oh cool i'm gonna keep doing what yeah. i'm doing because obviously i look good quote unquote or like yeah. i've lost weight which quote unquote was the goal you know what i mean yeah. so it's just really important to come from a place of like compassion and understanding and just like if you're friends with someone i don't know just be like hey, um, things seem a little off lately. Like, I just wanted to yeah. check in with you and see if you're okay or what can I do to support you during yes. this time. So just kind of coming from a place more of understanding than pointing out what's wrong, quote-unquote, like, wrong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to just go into them and be like, you've lost weight, you look like this, yeah. you don't look like, stuff like that. You kind of just, it just, you need to come from a place of understanding and compassion because they're going through a really difficult time. Mm -hmm. And while you may or may not understand that, it's just important to at least, I don't know, sympathize with yeah. them, but you can't, like, always empathize, empath, 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 empathy, I don't know, I don't know, the <laughs> but just be there for them and come from a place of compassion and don't be accusatory or yeah. point out anything that has changed or anything like that because that's just going to, at the end of the day, fuel them mm -hmm. to continue doing what they're doing and they might be in denial. Like, I was in complete denial. I was yeah. like, it wasn't bad, quote-unquote, at the mm -hmm. time. Because I didn't think anything was wrong. And they might be like that too. So when you, if you tell them something's changed, it might fuel them to keep doing it. Because they are like, okay, well, it's not the bad. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Where if you come from a place of concern and, like, understanding and compassion and caring, mm -hmm. they're more likely to listen to what you have to say. And you're more likely to say something that's helpful instead of hurtful. And then another big thing is instead of, like, going behind their back and talking to somebody about them go directly to them first mm -hmm. like they might be willing to open up to you about it if you approach them in the right way mm -hmm. rather than just going behind their back and being, i think this person needs help yeah so definitely talk to them first and see what they have to say about it before talking to anybody else about their situation because every situation with eating disorders is very individualized and mm -hmm. very specific to the person and it's definitely not just like a generalized disorder it's very yeah. very individualized and specific yes i agree and another thing with that is I just want you guys to understand, like, an eating disorder is not losing weight. It, it's not, it's not like someone who gets super skinny or someone who gets on a diet and loses, like, this amount of weight. No. Like, eating disorders can look so different in each person, and you never know. Like, someone could have an eating disorder and not lose any weight at all someone could have an eating disorder and gain weight like you you literally do not know and that's like one of the hardest things in our society now is like everyone thinks like no one's struggling like you just need to like go to the hospital if you're like under this amount of weight or you're unhealthy if you're this high and this amount of weight but like no that is that's so not true like people struggle and they're the same amount of weight that they've always been. Um, yes. <laughs> I completely agree. And eating disorders have nothing to do with weight. It's yeah. a mental illness. Yeah. And meaning it has everything to do with what you're thinking and what's mm -hmm. going on in your brain. And eating disorders don't have a specific look. They might have a stereotype. Yeah. But 
is not true. And eating disorders can happen at any way, any look. Eating disorders don't have a look. They're not generalized mm-hmm. to one specific type of person. Yeah. It can happen no matter what the person is. What the person is. <laughs> eating disorders can happen to anybody, no matter who they are, yeah. what they look like. And there's just, there's not a specific look. It's a mental illness, not a weight disorder. So I think that's really important to remember. And eating disorders, they just don't have a look. Like, you can't generalize one type of people. This They have an eating disorder because they look like this. They don't because they look like this. Like, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Anybody can have an eating disorder, and you can't tell by just looking at them. And I think that's what's so wrong with our society is that they think you have to have a certain stereotype or fit a certain stereotype to have an eating disorder. And I think that's also where a lot of, like, issues with treatment and, like, getting help come in because people are often scared to reach out for help if they Mm -hmm. don't, quote-unquote, fit the stereotype, which, I mean doctors and healthcare sometimes play into it because like well you don't fit this so we can't get your get help or your insurance won't cover it because you don't fit this stereotype which is where the system's honestly extremely flawed and Mm -hmm. we need to fix it because anybody should be able to get help for Mm -hmm. struggling with an eating disorder it shouldn't just be a specific look can get help and everybody else has to continue to struggle and so I think that's just what we need to work on as a society which is why we do need to normalize talking Mm -hmm. about this because anybody can struggle and there's not one specific, like, look, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, that struggles more than others. Like, anybody can struggle, and that's where our society and treatment systems are so flawed because they think you have to ha- fit a certain stereotype in order to really be struggling, which is why so many people are scared to reach out for help. Yes, I agree. And the amount of times I've heard people be like, I'm not sick enough. Like, I don't need to get help. I'm fine. Like, I'm healthy. And it just, like, hurts me so much because it's, like, you're never going to be, like, sick enough. You're never not going to be sick enough. Like, it doesn't matter how you look. It's in your brain. It's a mental health disorder. Same thing as depression. Same thing as anxiety. Like, you can't you can't always tell if someone has depression. You can't always tell if someone has anxiety. Sometimes you can, but it's the same thing with eating disorders. You cannot always tell. Yeah, and I would just like to add to that, that being quote-unquote sick enough, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Your brain's going to convince you that you're never sick yeah. enough until things take a turn for the worst. And that's also what's really problematic about, like, flaws in treatment is that, like, a lot of treatment centers or insurance won't cover it unless they think you fit a certain stereotype, which is why your brains will try and convince you so much mm-hmm. that, like, you're not sick enough because you think that treatment isn't going to, like, help you or doctors aren't going to be willing to help you or insurance won't cover it, which is so incredibly flawed and not okay because anybody at any weight, at any height, at any size, any race, any gender, anybody can struggle with an eating disorder. And I think that's just really important for, like, treatment centers or doctors or healthcare providers to recognize and understand. Mm-hmm. Okay, and one of our last questions is... How do you balance your mental health and also being a collegiate athlete? Here's Carly. So for me, I just know that obviously both are super important. Like being a collegiate athlete means a lot, but mental health is also just extremely important. So I kind of make to-do lists a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And like I know what I need to do in a day in order to kind of take care of my mental health and stuff. So obviously a lot of that will include fueling my body. And then if I'm up for it, I'll go do some enjoyable movement and do something that makes me happy. And so I'll just make sure that I always put that like at the top of my priorities list, which includes obviously fueling my body and 
or doing movement I enjoy. And if I don't want to that day, I won't. No pressure. Yeah. And I just kind of like, I don't know, I just try and make everything I do something I enjoy. So if I want to eat food or something, I will try and cook something that like I'm super excited about or that I enjoy. And then movement, I'm like, if I want to do some form of movement today, I'll go do something like relaxed and laid back that I enjoy and makes me happy. And then I also always make sure to take even like 10, 15 minutes a day minimum just to myself to just mm-hmm. sit there and relax. And then I journal a lot as well because just getting your thoughts out on paper really, really makes a world of a difference. Mm-hmm. So kind of just putting my mental health at the top of my priorities list and then doing that also allows me to excel in being a collegiate athlete because it just helps me better myself in general, which helps me be better at the things that I do. Yes, I agree with that a lot. And I think prioritizing your mental health is one of the biggest things that you need to do when you're in college specifically and especially as a collegiate athlete because things can get so busy and your schedule can just be crazy and you really can forget about your own mental health and it it crumbles like I promise you it does crumble when you wait so long to start caring about your mental health it's it, it should be a top priority and I think one of the ways that I make sure it's a top priority is keeping like affirmations around my room so I'll keep some on my mirror. I keep I keep reminders on my phone that say like, know your worth and trust yourself and love yourself. And it'll remind me at like specific random times of the day. And I'll just look at my phone and I'll be like, oh yeah. Like, let me just take a second and think about like what I'm thankful for and think about what I love about myself. And it takes like three seconds, maybe more, maybe less. Like just those little tiny things make a huge difference when you put them all together. And I think that's one of the most important things that I've done. Yes, I completely agree with that. And another big thing for me is like focusing a lot on who you surround yourself with. Like definitely you want to surround yourself with people who are going to uplift you and be a positive light in your life. Like for example, Camille, I don't know. Me and Camille hang out all the time and we're best friends. And every time we're together, it's always just positive and we have fun. And we just do such cool stuff. And like just being around her really... I don't know, I just love being around her, and she's such a fun person to be around and so positive all the time. So definitely being sure to surround yourself with positive people who are going to uplift you and enhance your life is definitely extremely important. Oh, Kylie, I could cry. (laughs) Oh, I love Kylie, and yes, I agree so much. Like, once you sit back and take a second and think about who you're friends with and how they affect you, like, the people that you spend time with, oh, my gosh, like, they can change your life in either a good way or a bad way. It depends on how you see it. And there's billions and trillions of people in the world. So, like, don't take a second to, like, regret not hanging out with someone if they don't give you positive energy. Like, there's so many different people that you can meet and spend your time with. And, like, really, really prioritize who you're hanging out with. And that helps you better yourself. Yes, I completely agree with that. Who you hang out with definitely like makes a huge impact in your life and your mood and your mm-hmm. mindset. So it's definitely important to surround yourself with people who have the same like mindset and ideas and values as you. Okay, I just want to thank you guys for asking all these questions. And Kylie and I are definitely going to do a part two episode. So be ready for that one. And we'll be asking more questions and answering them. Um, Kylie, anything you want to say to close out? Um, Yes, definitely take care of yourselves, feel your bodies, and surround yourself with positive people. Take care of your mental health, prioritize you, 
because that's definitely super important in life and a lot of times people don't realize how important it is to prioritize themselves Mm -hmm. be selfish it's okay yes and if you have any questions for part two dm beyond the bow on instagram and we'll be sure to write them down yes so true um if you guys ever need any help with anything um i'm always with kylie so she can help you too just dm beyond the bow podcast on instagram or um i can put the link down below in the podcast but thank you guys so much for listening and i'll see you guys next week bye thank you for having me camille you're welcome kylie thanks for coming (laughs) i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode thank you so much kylie for coming on and talking about your story um i hope it inspires a lot of people and i know it will Make sure to follow Beyond the Boat podcast on Instagram and feel free to DM me if you guys have any questions, any episode ideas, anything you want to hear from me. See you guys next week. And thank you again to Bet Online for sponsoring this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.